Hello there, my name is Terry and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. Today's episode is with Moore Miraz, who is an animation filmmaker and the founder of Bloop Animation, which is an animation learning platform and a popular YouTube channel which focuses on teaching the process of animation filmmaking. So Moore graduated from the School of Visual Arts back in 2013, where he focused on 3D character animation. But before starting his work on Bloop Animation, he worked as a character animator in a bunch of different New York animation studios like Framestore and Ardman Nathan Love. And now he is working full time at Bloop, creating more courses for aspiring filmmakers. And after three animated shorts, he's taking his first steps into making an animated feature film. And we're going to talk all about short films in today's chat. So let's jump right in. So hi, Moore. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. How are you? Oh, great to be here. Yeah, thank you. Um, so today I want to chat about uh, how to make like a super awesome killer short film with you because you've done that a whole bunch, uh, you sure. know, and for myself. I actually have to make a thesis film in my fourth year at Sheridan College, so I want to like pick your brain on uh, on how I can make a super great, successful film. Um, but first, how did you ended up getting into the animation industry yourself? I I've always wanted to be to be in animation. When I actually went to to SVA School of Visual Arts, I started out at, uh, as an advertising major, and because I I kind of thought that there's not going to be any money in animation. So maybe I should pick something more. <laughs> I don't know what happened when I did that, but I, I thought it was a good idea. And after about one semester, I decided that it's, it's not really for me. There's going to be so many people who are going to be much better at it with more passion than I do. And I saw that there is a, another department called computer arts at SVA. And they actually do produce students that get jobs and work at, at animation after so I thought, why not just do that? And I switched. And so it was kind of like a full cycle coming back to what I originally wanted to do since I was a kid. Uh, I think what was holding me back was the fact that I I didn't really know how to draw very well. I, I always drew as a kid, but it was, I, it was very obvious that it's not going to be at the level that is required for professional animators based on how animation used to, to, to be when it was mostly like 2D. Um, and... After seeing what you can do with 3D computer animation, I realized that the actual animation process in 3D is not at all, uh, you know, similar to drawing. So there's, the skills are very, very different. And while you do have an advantage if you're very good at, at figure drawing for, for creating interesting poses, um, you don't really need the, the physical hand skills of, of drawing to be an animator in 3D. So, yeah. I so, so your original dream was just to become an animator? Like, did you want to tell your own stories? You just wanted yeah. to make cool stuff? Like, why? why did I don't you think want I could verbalize it back then, what exactly the dream was, yeah. uh, because I didn't really know that the different kind of roles or, or jobs that you can be. As, I guess what I wanted to be is, a, is to make films, to be a director, to make animated movies. Um, I didn't know exactly... How, how this is like at what capacity and how you go about doing something like that now and i still don't really i can't really tell you how how to become a director animation director it's it's not some there's no clear path for that other than being an animator at a big studio and slowly getting promoted until they make you a director which happens to you know one one or two people at right. the company um so I, I definitely knew that animation did something for me that was like like very very different and I had a lot of passion for it. I was making uh, claymation stop motion like videos when I was 15, 16. Um, so it was it was always something I I knew I wanted to to kind of do, but I I couldn't I couldn't verbalize what the career would be like, what would the job be like. And I definitely couldn't predict that, that whatever I'm doing right now would. Right. So so now you you like run uh, an online animation school. You've done a whole bunch of short films. So technically, you have been an animation director. Uh, how how does that feel now that you, where you are versus like where you want it to be? Well, I I think that that really is the best answer to how how to become an animation director. The most guaranteed way to become an animation director is to go and make an animated short film. Yeah. by yourself or at a school program, whatever, uh, whatever is possible for you to do. And then you, you are a director, you, you directed a film and you can keep doing that theor theoretically. 
um, it's it's very hard, takes a very long time, and it's not very sustainable to just keep making shorts all the time as just as a, uh, as the only thing that you're doing. Um, but when you ask like how do how do I feel like I'm running an animation school and that that was for me was always half of the deal. Uh, the 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 other half is making films, short films, now a feature film that I'm working on, and and the other half, the teaching, kind of came from trying to to create some kind of a machine that would be able to sustain the the art side of things with with the business side. So creating courses, teaching, showing behind the scenes, getting people very interested in what I'm doing so that I can do the stuff that that I'm really passionate about um, and and have the people there already who want to watch it or consume it. And I'm and I on during the process I also became very passionate about the the courses and the products that we've been making and they're only getting more and more exciting for me. Um, so it's 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 kind of like one is feeding the other. I, I created a course about one of the shorts that I made that is showing the process of how I made it. So like the the, the products ideally complement each other. And now that I'm working on a feature film, when that goes into production, hopefully uh, there will be an insane amount of documentation, a full time crew documenting and showing and creating videos and publishing on YouTube and creating like so much content around the the like the behind the scenes and kind of like teaching and showing the process in a way that has never been shown before because I do really have a lot of passion for, for that revealing of the process. Yeah. I, you said something really interesting to me and it's something that I talk about a lot on this podcast is how do you, it's kind of like kind of more of the business side of things is how do you create a sustainable environment to work on the things that you want to work on? And a lot of people, they start, they create a studio where they're taking on commercial projects to pay the bills so that in their, in the spare time of the studio, they can actually develop, their own series. Um, some people, you know, they have their day job and, and they their hobby is like developing their own series or, or show. So for you, the school is like the constant stream that's supporting uh, how you're able to create short films and now feature film. Right. So there's two the two paths that you've mentioned. They're not very effective. I think uh, the hobby yeah. path. I don't think you can really do it seriously, uh, consistently as a hobby. Um, you can maybe produce one short during, you know, when you have a, a job, but at some point your, your actual life is going to take more and more space and you're going to have yeah. less space to keep creating this stuff. I think artists always create stuff on the side and they have like little mini projects and that's fine, but that's not creating a studio for making animated movies. That's you trying to, you know, making, um, little side projects for you as an artist, which is important for everyone. I, I have those projects too that are not. This, the, you know, my main uh, thing that I'm doing. So that's that's not a the most efficient path. The other one you mentioned is taking client work and then hopefully finding some time on the side. And and that is very common with a lot of studios. I think a lot of uh, advertising studios, which is pretty much that's what it's usually is. It's advertising or visual effects for movies and shows. Yeah. A lot of them started by people who did want to make movies or or shorts or or TV shows. And that's the way that they found to, to kind of go about it and have a team. But what happens most times is that that the work becomes like there's there's no time to do the other stuff because you got to keep it, you know, keep sustaining yeah. the business and, and paying everybody's salaries. So you can't just stop and say, let's just do a short for like a year um, or a film for three years and pay everybody's salaries and not have them work on projects that bring in money. So you always prioritize the money and then the, the side projects always yeah. gets pushed. And then and a lot of them do make shorts. But they, once every few years, they release a nice short and it's really and it's great. Um, but it never really takes off more than that. Uh, I, I just I never wanted to, to be in a position that I do client work because I didn't feel it was sustainable for me. That wasn't something I was interested in doing. I might as well just, you know, go work at, a, at a, one of those studios. It would be the same deal. Right. Um, but, you, but you did work at those studios. Um, I did. When, I, when yeah. I got off of school, I got a job, you know, and so I did, wasn't going to. Did you reach a point where you were like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty far on this path, but this isn't for me. And, and like, how did you. Yeah. On the first have, day. Have the guts. The first day? Yeah. <laughs> How'd you have the guts to switch? I guess. Or maybe you didn't need the guts. I didn't. Switch. No, I didn't switch. I did it anyway. I kept yeah. doing it even though I realized that it's not something I'm, I can do for much longer, but I had to do it because 
you know, I, I wanted to, to keep working and, and get money. I was just out of school with student loans. I needed to have a job. So I tried to get as much work as I could. But also on the side, I, I immediately started building uh, Bloop with the with the clear, clear intention of it replacing my work, uh, my, my, you know, my full, my day job at some point, uh, because I, I knew that it's not going to it's not going to be sustainable for me to keep doing it. So you were really young when you, I guess, had that that vision, like when you're coming out of school, you're kind of like, I don't know how things work. I don't know where I kind of fit in yet. Like, well, I was 25 like was... when I got off. I, I spent four years in the army back uh, in Israel. I, I'm, I came to the U.S. at 22 after being in the army oh, for four okay. years. So I started my school at 22, finished at around 25, 26. Uh, so I, I guess I, I wasn't like a kid who's just yeah. like doing the world and doesn't know what's going on. Um, but I did learn something new about myself on the, the first year of after graduating because I always thought I wanted to be an animator. Like during those four years of school, it was always like getting into Pixar or Disney or any of the New York studios if I could. And it was never even a thought of like what happens after I get in somewhere. I, it was just like that's the end goal, just to get in and, and work in one of those studios. Um, and then I very quickly learned that I actually don't want to do this um, as a full-time job forever. I saw what the path would look like, and and I didn't see how any of the things that I wanted to do, any of my passions, would would come to to realization if I stayed uh, and just become a better and better animator at a better and better studio. There was no really the the end goal. There wasn't really what my end goal was. Okay. So okay. So tell me about why you want to make short films because you said. Um, some studios make short films every couple of years and they don't really go anywhere, but you want, you want your short films and this feature film, what do you want it to become? Well, it's again, with short films, it's, it's not that what I wanted to do is make short films. It's that yeah. it was the only way for me to make films, uh, that was possible. So right. of course, sure. ideally yeah. I would, I would want to make a feature film at, at Pixar, you know, that if we start from there. That would back then that would have been the the big dream. Uh, once we take Pixar out of it, because I I wasn't accepted and I'm not going to be a director at Pixar right now. Uh, the the other option that I have was that uh, was to make my own short film. And there's really there's there's not a lot of reasons to make a short film, and we can talk about you know why you should or shouldn't. Um, being a student is one of them because they make you at school, which is a good thing. So you you have that your student film, and then. When when little when studios uh, make short films, it's it's either to promote the studios to get more work, so like they show off their skills, or because they're really they're really passionate about it and it's just like a side like a side thing. So for me, it was because I I had to keep making film, building an audience and documenting it, so that it would grow the the, the business that the, the right. studio that I was making with the idea that it would eventually lead to a to making a feature film, but I just couldn't start there. Um, the first short, I, I just did it by myself. I didn't even have people that I could work with. My third short, I already had a, a, a team of people who are uh, all joined in to work on it. And for this one, obviously, there would be, it would be like a multi-year production that is right. massive. So a lot of people always say like, you know, one day I want to, but it sounds like you just went and did it anyways. <laughs> you it's, just started. I, it's for, for me. I always look at it as uh, what else am I gonna do? Like right. I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> I, this is this is what I'm. I'm Says doing. the man so, who just had a baby. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna. I know. I'm just yeah. It's no. It's it is. You know, the baby also kind of like pushes you like to, to to do it even faster because you realize you know your your time is is getting much uh, you get much much less available to things. Um, so if we if we look at the end goal of making a film, then I had to work back from that and see like what are the steps that I need to do to get there eventually and just kind of keep going through the steps. And as long as I'm just still doing it and keep moving, then what you know, eventually it, it has to happen or 
I, I don't so, know. I don't know what the alternative is. So, what is the driving force between making a feature film? Is it just for the sake of making a film? Is it you have like a story you want to share? Is it you want to connect with people? Is it uh, to recognize that you are director material or like Bloop is a powerhouse for making stuff? Like, it's, what is? It's the... all the stuff except for the last two things that you said. It's it's all <laughs> the first things. Uh, it is because I I do, I do have a very big passion to. To tell, to tell my stories to an audience who's yeah. interested, um, and I think I have a lot of like stories and stuff that I want to share. And this this particular film, which is already written, and I'm very excited about the story, um, is I, I I do have that drive of like making something and have people experience it. And I think it might it might be based off how I feel when I when I consumed that you know my the favorite. The favorite stories or content uh, that I did uh, growing up, uh, movies or books or whatever that was, and how kind of like it it got me through like life a little bit. Not not that it was like a hard, difficult life, but it it kind of like accompanied me through my my different stages of life. And I feel like it's almost like another like a friend who was with me when I was you know a teenager or whatever. Uh, and I want to make that for other people. So that's like always been my, my, my biggest passion. Yeah, well, I, th- I think that's very pure, and and I definitely connect with that when you say like certain films and shows, and even like music and books for me, yeah. um, throughout different stages of my life, really helped me uh, like figure out my feelings and internalize things and and feel comfort and stuff. So I I definitely feel that that's that's really great. Um, so. One thing I want to come back to that you said is why or why not you should make a film. But I'm thinking maybe since we talked about it a little bit, can you just give an overview of Bloop Animation, uh, the courses and like what kind of people come to take the courses and where they leave, just so we know? Yeah, it, it started as uh, documenting the process of making my short films and seeing that it got a lot of interest that evolved into making courses that teach the different programs. So. Yeah. We we have right now it's uh, 13 courses that we have. They're all video HD, you know, kind of like uh, what a Lynda.com might have or a masterclass. Um, and half of the courses are focused on software, so they teach um, a particular software that you pick, either Maya, Blender, TV Paint, Toon Boom, Animate CC, uh, all the major programs that people use for 2D and 3D. And then we have the skill-focused uh, courses like storyboarding foundations, animation foundations, and how to make an animated movie. Um, we have one about graphic novels that is like really amazing. It's, 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 it takes you through the entire production of making a graphic novel from writing to like drawing on a page to uh, publishing it yourself. It's really cool. And, and now the last course, that the one that is being released uh, on Black Friday, November 29th, which is in a few days after you guys, the, the, the audience listens to this. Um, it's uh, called Stick Figure Animation, and it's with it's created with me uh, in this, in collaboration with Alan Becker, who created the shorts Animator versus Animation, Animator versus yeah, Minecraft. Animator versus, yeah, as he's like the biggest animator on YouTube, and yeah. he created like a massive masterclass, forty lessons uh, course showing how he makes his animations. And he also talks about, you know, being a YouTuber and kind of like gives advice and talks about his own process. So I don't know if you know, but he, he doesn't do the work himself alone anymore. He has a lot of people that he works with. So he shows how he comes up with the ideas and then like uh, distribute the little tasks to different people and, and like different animators and it all comes back to him. And it's it's it was fascinating. And he actually made a short film himself, 30 second short for the course. Oh, no way. Uh, yeah, like in the in the old style of like animator versus animation. So like he created uh, j- this piece just for the course, and and over twenty lessons, he shows exactly the entire making process of it. So it's it's insane. It's really amazing. That's uh, incredible. Right. I remember watching on like Newgrounds or whatever back in the day. When yeah, it first that's came where it started. Yeah, and it was all like made in Flash, and it just blew my mind because like everybody's making these like i don't know jimmy rigged like little flash animations and then all of a sudden animator versus animator comes yeah. out animation. it was 2006 yeah uh, came out and it was it was, it was like like one of the first like viral videos youtube didn't yeah. exist uh yeah it was like pre like youtube and all this yeah stuff. 
<laughs> That's incredible. How did you end up working with him? Uh, we've we've been talking on and off uh, for a few years, just as you know, fellow YouTube animators. Um, and then I I approached him with, him with this idea of making like this amazing like quality course, like something that we've never done before. So we did actually do something with this course that was never done before in any of our other courses. So we hired a production studio, we hired a studio to to shoot it in. There was like multi camera stuff. It was it was a really high production value um, oh, to create something that was uh, for him would be something that he would be very proud of in making because being like a very famous animator on youtube he, he didn't want to just create like a like a little kind of like a fan service like mini course try to get the, his fans money uh, showing a couple of stuff and then like selling it uh so we had to make something really great um so we, it was a, a, about a year of work that we've put into this oh my gosh wow so if somebody comes in and they don't know anything about animation they can take this course and like come out and and be pretty good they well, I, I wouldn't say that about any course. <laughs> no person who doesn't know anything about animation and then takes a course uh, then comes out of it a, a good animator. That obviously takes years. Um, that that particular course teaches his process. So okay. you're going to learn how he makes that very particular type of animation. And you're going to have all the tools, all the information to make something kind of similar yourself. But it doesn't teach, you know, the of the basic principles of animation. We have a course that, for that, that separate animation foundations. Um, it doesn't teach everything about animation. It teaches a very specific set of skills for a very particular uh, animator, which is, I think, what the people who are going to get the course are going to be interested in. Sweet. Okay. And you have a big Black Friday sale for this course too coming up, right? Just it's it's when it launches we do this with all of our courses we launch at a discounted price and then we give you five days to get it in that price and then we raise the prices and we never do any other sales ever again so uh -huh. I have a, it's a very strict policy we uh, that i have uh we never discount the courses we never run sales so the only time to get it at discounted price would be the first five days of release and that's it okay great well cool all right so let's let's jump back into the short film thing so sure uh, one reason you mentioned to make a short film is to do it in school because you have to. So that's yep. what I'm going to face. But like, I don't know, a lot of people just want to make a short film. So they do it on the side. Is that, is that, is there any issue with that? Sure. Or? No, that, that's a real thing. I get a lot of emails from people who, you know, visitors of the website who tell me like, Hey, I want to, I'm an engineer. I want to make a short film. Uh, what do you recommend? What software? Like, how do I get started? And that's fine. That's very common for people uh, I mean, I did that when I was a student in high school. I, I made little shorts. Like, I wasn't a professional animator. That's fine. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, there's stuff, there's room for 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 all of these. I think when we were talking about uh, people who aspire to be professional animators, yeah. um, the main reason, I mean, I say it's because you're at school, but the actual reason is not that. It's because you want to use that to get hired later after school. Yeah. So you're not I'm doing this because people are telling you. Um, so, so what are some of the reasons people shouldn't make short films? Or when do you see a short film, you're like, uh, you know, you, you could have had done it this way instead, I guess. I'll, I'll try <laughs> to answer a, a different question. First of all, don't, don't make short films if you want to make money. If that's like your yeah. make money <laughs> okay. scheme, that's a very bad scheme. Right. Um, because, yeah, they're, they're not a, a business model to make short films. If, even Pixar that makes film or Disney... That's not the, their business model to make short films. They use it to develop technology and train directors. That's the reason they're doing it. So they have their own reasons for why they make short films. Um, I think what you should be aware when you're making a short film, and that's that's a different, I'm going to answer a different question, is a lot of people who make short films focus on the wrong things uh, or they try to do everything themselves, even if the skills that they're using in the short are not the skills that they want to later work at. So I'll, I'll give you an example. As a student, I wanted to be an, I, I knew I was going to be an animator as when I get hired, that would be the job that I'm hired for, not a modeler. So if I focus too much time when I made my short at school on making amazing models, which I probably would be pretty bad at and it would take me a very long time and it would be a struggle. And even then the result is not going to be so good because it's just, it's not my thing. Um, then I've wasted so much time that could have gone to make the short better in other ways 
Right. And I've developed a skill that I'm not going to get hired for anyway. So it's a big right. waste of time. So I would uh, advise, and I advise this to, I, I go to talk at school sometimes, and I, I talk to the thesis classes working on their film. The main thing I always try to, to, to tell them is make sure to really focus on that skill that you want to get hired for and really minim, minimize and and do like the least amount possible of anything else. So as far as I'm concerned, if you're an animator, have a white background as your background for real and have two characters that are just like, you know, the, the minimum amount, like, like, a, like a stick figure. You can use stick figure. You say this because I made a short film over the summer and white background, two characters. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, if, if we've, we've seen this, so we talked about animator versus animation. If, yeah. if what you're seeing is interesting and compelling, it doesn't matter if it's a stick figure or it's a you know, white background. And you can see that with the Duffy Duck, the famous uh, short, with the, it, which is also similar to animator versus animation. It's uh, the Duffy Duck uh, when he fights the, the pencil. Do you know that? So it's a very fa- it won the Oscar. So it's a very famous short by Chuck Jones, I think, in which Duffy oh, yeah, Duck yeah, 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 uh, keeps fighting the, the animator, basically. Yes. Sorry, uh, I was thinking, is this a YouTube thing? No, no. I, oh, no. It's, a, it's an old uh, Looney Tunes. <laughs> yeah. And the, the background then is white most of the time. Some of the time the character is barely like John. Obviously, it's not an easy uh, animation. It's very complex. But, yeah. um, but because the story is so interesting and so and executed so well, um, the skills that you want to show off should be the one that you're focusing on. So if you're an animator, do that. But, and it goes the other way. So if you're a modeler, don't even bother with animation. It doesn't matter. Your animation is not, people are not going to care about your animation when they review your reel. So if you're a really hardcore, uh, you know, fantasy high-res modeler, just have a bunch of models in a cool pose and, like, have the camera move through them. Uh, I know the schools are going to tell you that it's not okay. Yeah, they force you to make a story. So so come up with some way. I had a student who did this in in my class who just, it was just like like a interesting cool shots of the cameras in like a cool scenario almost like a freeze frame like a bullet time kind of thing and you can just say there might have been some kind of a story there but it was mostly to show off the skills and i think that's totally fine because why because they're going to be miserable animating because they hate it so so let me get this straight if you say you want to be a modeler 3d modeler if you go insane with your time and make the best 3d modelers you can possibly see that are super impressive but you want to make a short film or you have to put it into a short film for whatever reason. If you just do some stills and maybe like, I don't know, some voice overlay of a simple joke or yeah, something, with some it's music. Not stills, it's like you do the camera work. Camera so moves, yeah. But the, yeah, or maybe some very basic anime, like slow motion animation, just like whatever you can uh, do to get away with it. Right. Um, so that somebody watching is like, dang, this person really knows how to model. <laughs> yeah, if that's if unless you're very posh, passionate about making uh, telling stories, and some modelers might be into that. I I've found a lot of the modelers are really don't enjoy animating. It's kind of like, and the same goes for animators that don't enjoy modeling. It's kind of like uh, either or. But if you do really enjoy animation and love, want to tell a very cool story, then do it. But if you find that you're frustrated with it, and it's kind of like that's the part that's that's dragging the most because it's really hard for you, then. It might be a waste of time, and you're gonna hurt yourself because then when you graduate, you're not gonna your models are not gonna be as good, and you're not gonna get hired. And then, what do you have? Uh, a mediocre film that doesn't have the most amazing models or the most amazing story? Then you don't have anything. It's yeah. better to have one thing amazing and the other being not so great. That reminds me. So I went to the Toronto Animation Arts Festival International Conference a couple of weekends ago, and Mike Geiger was on. A, he's an animator here in Toronto at a studio, Industrial Brothers. Um, he he mentioned something that's kind of stuck with me. That kind of plays to what you're saying. He they were talking about pitches. It was a panel about pitching, and he said some people, you know, they they try to they're like a writer, but they think a pitch has to be like animated. So they like hire an animator, get somebody else to do the designs, and ends up coming coming flat because it's not their original vision. So he's like, if you're a writer, just write your pitch. If you're an actor, act your pitch. If you're an animator, animate your pitch. And it's like, the pitch is the same. It's telling whatever you're pitching, but it's like playing to your strengths because it's going to come across uh, the best way possible. And it sounds kind of similar to what you're saying. Like, if you're going to make a short film, make what plays to your strengths, not like trying to do everything at once. 
Yeah, that's and that's for life too. I would say it's yeah. a lesson for life. Like try and focus on your strength and try to to underplay the weakness or try to compensate your weaknesses with whatever means you can. Um, because developing them and working on them too much might be a long, frustrating process that's not going to lead anywhere. So let me ask you this. Say I'm putting together uh, a short film and like my strength is maybe storytelling and I've got like the animation, which is okay and stuff, but like music isn't my strength, for instance. How do mm-hmm. I figure that out? Because like music and sound effects can play a very large part of a short yes, film. Yes, very important. You may get not a musician. Yeah. You get a musician. Get a musician. How do I find a musician? Well, that's, I mean, there's many ways uh, depending on what like do you want to pay for musician do you want to find someone and in, in the community that would do that um it really depends i i know um certain i mean there are websites that you can go out and hire and like look for musicians i found my musician through uh when i first when i just made my my second film lift up uh he just emailed me and said hey i you know i'm i'm a, st- a music student so music students are a great deal also because they also want to, uh, you know, have their work out there. He was a music student and he wanted uh, to do the music for me because he's trying to get into animation. And I was just like out of school. I didn't have anyone working on this project. So I was like, all right, let's see what, what you can do. And I just sent him the short with my own. I put like temp music on my short and I just sent it over and he sent it back with the full music, kind of like a draft, but still like full music. And it was just amazing. And I... I couldn't really, I couldn't even like told him what to do to get to that. It was just like <laughs> he knew what to do at the right moment. And it was better than my temp music. It was better than what I imagined. And he okay. totally uh, took the, the movie somewhere else. And I've been working with him since. Um, so so if, you, if you don't have a strength in some area, find somebody else who does kind of thing. Yeah, I definitely don't. I mean, don't do your own music if you if that's not your strength. Yeah, but right. my, my first short, I didn't do that. I didn't really find I found I had a friend who did the intro music for me. So there's music in the first few seconds, but then there's no music throughout the film. And I think that that would would have made it so much better if there was music. And now that I've seen what music can do, um, I mean, I've, I've always known that music is an important part of film, but I, I kind of was intimidated by by doing it myself, like finding music myself it seemed like an intimidating process which is maybe what you're going through uh but once i had someone who did that it it was amazing and same for sound design i did do the sound design myself for the, my first few shorts i think you can kind of get away with it as a student uh there are just a few basic things you need to learn it's not that hard to to get a, an okay result as a beginner uh but it's you know it's not gonna to get an amazing sounding thing it's you gotta use a professional so you, you've mentioned two of the short films uh, you've worked on so far. Can you just give an overview of the all your short films and maybe the feature film that you're working towards now? Yeah, the first, the, the one I did in, in school was uh, Food for Thought about two fish that are uh, in a conundrum, and it's, you gotta you gotta watch it to, to see what's going on. Not much point of me telling me about the story. The second one was created uh, as an experiment, not an experiment. I, I I didn't have anyone working with me on the second one so and i didn't have any modeling skills like we've talked before so yeah. i created a cube and a ball as my main two characters because on in maya that's like the basic shapes so like a sphere yeah. and a cube and i and i tried to think so i was trying to think of a story that would fit this and not the other way around so i didn't have the story first i had my limitations first um so i was like what what kind of story would would work with a cube and a ball what would happen between them and then i slowly kind of like thought of the idea that a ball can roll and a cube can't and should, the cube is going to be much slower but then when they get to a slope the cube will be able to to climb much much better than the ball because the ball is going to keep falling back and then that created the conflict and then there was like a nice moving ending at the end so the whole story there which i really love uh came from just me not knowing how to model so i think that's a another really good tip for students uh try to limit your resources and like yeah. you know think about what you have to work with especially you're talking about stop motion i'm sure that's that's very true because you know what like what kind of props or characters you're able to to get or, or make um and you, you probably can only use like one background or like maybe two so it kind of like forces you into to a box and i think that's a very good place to be for a beginner my third uh film was created with a different goal it was like now I can do whatever I want because I can get 
uh, a modeler and a rigger and a sound designer and a texture artist. I can get all those people to work so I can just do whatever I want. So let's make, make something really cool. Uh, so we created a film that is much more rich uh, visually. So it takes place in like a big park in the city. And there's a lot of animals. There's two main animal characters and like 12 other background characters, all rigged. Um, that took two and a half years to make because we we're all working on our spare time. It wasn't a paid job. It was yeah. just like a big collaboration. Um, and the feature film is is very different. That's like a more a traditional uh, heavy feature, animated feature film. Uh, it's called Snowlands. I've released a, kind of like a teaser for the poster, kind of like showing the characters, but I haven't talked about the story yet. It's It's still... Even though the script is done, it's still in development for the, the pitch and the f- fundraising. Okay, so um, you have all these kind of short story, short films under your belt. Which one would you say is your most successful versus, versus like which one was the most successful from like a audience standpoint? I don't, I don't really have a, a, a more successful. They're all yeah. films that I made at different points in my life. Uh, it was the films that I could make at that point. And I'm happy with all of them. Some of them have more views than the other, but it, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything. None nice. of them went like insanely viral and got like tens of millions of views. Uh, so they they all have like the pretty much equivalent amount of views based on the time they've been around. So okay, so what I guess do you have a formula for like making a successful film from your perspective then? Like, no, I, I think especially for shorts, uh, it's a lot less formulaic than feature films because i feel feature films have a very clear the the three-act structure most films kind of go in a very similar way if you look at all the animated movies or even regular movies uh, out there while shorts are always a little bit different there are a lot of like different uh archetypes of of short short film plots one of them uh, is like my last film uh, the two characters who are trying to one-up each other and then get to like a funny conclusion. That's pretty common with uh, shorts. Um, there's the my first film was like the infinite loop short idea, which is also uh, you see you can see it in a lot of shorts where like where you get to the end, you realize there is like a, a, an ongoing circle that's been going on. That's a, a kind of like a known idea. Um, so you can break it down to like a lot of those like mini mini archetypes. But with the shorts, because they're, they're so short, you can do a lot of weirder things um that's why a lot of shorts tend to be very weird if you went to a film festival and you've seen what shorts are 95 percent of them are extremely weird with maybe five percent of like more coherent uh story so um there's no formula for success there's only bad or good storytelling um so and and that takes practice i i there's no way to to be just uh, good at it without any kind of practice uh, and as as you work on this and, and a lot of time so i would suggest uh, keep working on the storyboards and an animatic and previous especially uh, over and over okay. even after you think yeah. you're done because a lot of the times when you think you're done when you're a beginner it's pretty crappy um so how much time do you spend on the previs and storyboards before you actually get into execution like well, that, i guess if you're 100 percent uh, of the time for the short film like what percent is spent on the beginning stuff like 70% maybe yeah because I was I was thinking some people just want to jump right in and start animating scenes they think is cool or animation animation is like is the technical is the execution of the story so while it it, it is an art form and you can be very creative with it um, but it's not where the story uh, is you know happens this is where the story is executed um, so that's not the place where you like start to think of ideas. That's where you just try to to execute the scene in the best possible ways, and you can come up with ideas to do that in, within the confines of the shot. But uh, but storyboarding and especially previs, previs is very important, and people use it in live action now. So you, they use it in everything. They use it in commercials for pharmaceutical uh, products. I've worked at, uh, at companies that do that when I was out of okay. school. So they do for all those commercials you see of people like taking the pill and like the warnings. They have previs for all of that in very very high quality, um, because it's so important to get these shots and pacing and everything right before you do anything real. 
because the real stuff takes a long time and, it, and it's very expensive to make. So for live action, they want to make sure before they go on the set and shoot, you know, uh, um, an Avengers movie, they want to know that exactly what it's going to look like when it's done. So they do a previs for everything. Uh, so I recommend doing that. Okay, so I want to say I want to make a short film. Where do I start? Like what? What do I? What do you do when you make that decision? Do you look inside yourself for a story? I know that the ball and the the uh, sorry the sphere and the cube one you kind of started with limitations, but that was a different goal. So right. with the feature film, where did you start? Because uh, like I seen the poster and it's like all these like cool kind of graphic looking um, like animals. There's like a panda and a snow leopard and stuff right. like that. So where did that story come from for you? So you start? I, I kind of like with these kind of things, I, you know, my first film, I had to do it for school. Um, second one was to establish the, the, the kind of business that I'm trying to make. But with the third one and the, the feature, I, I didn't really pursue it. I was kind of like waiting for it to, to I knew that it was, that it was going to come at some point, but I wasn't sitting and thinking, okay, what movie should I make? I think that's a recipe for like getting frustrated or making a really bad film. Um, but with the, the the feature, for example, it was it, it's about uh, the Arctic, so it takes place in an equivalent uh, place to like the Himalayan mountains, uh, snow leopards and snow wolves, and and I, I just I watched a, a documentary. I watched the the Planet Earth uh, yes. series. And I, there was the, the part of, over there in the Himalayas with the snow leopards. And I was like, that's, that's, the, that's the story. Uh, it was very clear to me right away that this is going to happen. And it, about a year and a half maybe of developing a complete screenplay with. And when I do a screen, when I work on a screenplay, I also have a storyboard artist that I hired to draw drawings for me all the time. So I had hundreds of drawings. Um, and I make a trailer for it at the same time just to, to give myself an idea of what it's going to be like. And I do a animatic of that trailer. So like I, I try to do as, as many things as possible, all in addition to actually writing a complete feature film screenplay while reading screenplay books. Like, yeah, I was going to say, how do you go from making a couple minute short film to writing a whole screenplay? <laughs> you squeeze an entire degree worth of, of education into one year, which is what I did. So for almost a whole year, Every single day, I, I was writing the screenplay. And whenever I wasn't writing the screenplay, I read screenplay writing books. Yeah. And I read all of them. All the ones that, that you can think of, that they teach in schools, whatever. there, I read that book, whatever book there is. And whenever I didn't want to read something, I would read, I would read screenplays of other movies that are really good. Yeah. And when I didn't want to read anything, I would just watch uh, making of and interviews and documentaries. And when I didn't want to do that, I just watched good movies and analyzed them. So that's what I did for a whole year. Um, um, have you gotten anybody many, to review your screenplay? What? Has anybody reviewed your Have you like asked yes, for other people to review I've, I've hired a lot of coverage services specifically that do that. They take your screenplay and they give you notes and grades. And, and I did that multiple sessions of it. So like one session for the first draft and then I get a bunch of results. And then I use that to rewrite and I rewrote I wrote the entire story twice with an, an additional many rewrites that are more like small, like little yeah. changes. Yeah. And then I send it again to another different companies for coverage. And I, yeah, it's a, so, an, an entire, it's a gruesome, long, expensive process. It sounds yeah. insane. I, you can't I do feel, this like full time. I feel insane. your pain because I wrote a novel a couple of years ago and I did the same thing. I read everything I could about novel writing. I joined a writing group. I got uh, editors, like insane stuff. Um, so if you want okay. to do something that this big, there's no other way of doing it. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Why do you need to animate it yourself? If you have written the screenplay, you've gotten the story nailed I'm out. I'm not going to animate it myself. So why don't you pass it off to, why don't you try to sell the screenplay versus like do it? I mean, project manage it yourself, you know? I might. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm trying, I'm trying to get this, the, the movie made and there's very m many different ways to go about mm -hmm. it. Uh, one of the ways might be that I just get the full funding myself and then I hire the entire production and the space and like set it all up. Another option is to use an existing studio that is already um, has like everything set up and I come in as the director or even co-director and the money and, and that studio makes the film uh, for, and then it's like a collaboration. And it could be that the studio just says, we want the script and let's, we're just gonna buy it and make it. 
and that's also a possibility. Like it's, it's I'm I, there's a lot of different paths to go. It sounds insane. I'm. I, this sounds amazing. Also, like I, that's so cool that you're doing this. How close to you? How close to getting this made do you feel right now? Um, not very close. The the pitching. So the pitching uh, phase is going to start at around March. So mm. January yeah. till March is going to be the last kind of like session of rewrites, and then March and onwards is going to be meetings, pitches, and like all that kind of stuff. And then I'll be able to get a better idea of where I stand. Until I do that, uh, I have like a bunch of people and leads that are set up for that stage. But until you actually do that, there's no way of knowing, um, you know, where it's where it stands. I do have a plan B of uh, making it into a graphic novel that would then turn into a, a film later on. Yeah. So either either way, that story is going to get made, and right. I can produce that myself, no problem. Um, so it's it's. It's just it, it's gonna. That's why I'm not really like stressed out about it because it's it's gonna happen in some capacity. It could be like a five million dollar movie or a hundred million dollar movie. Like I don't know, but it, at some point it's it's gonna happen. Dang. Well, it's that's like an area of short films and I guess films I never kind of thought about before is just writing because I think most animators I've met have stories in their minds that they want to produce and that's yeah. a lot a big reason why they become an animator. So. But one path is to just create those stories and let other people execute them. I think that's that's a totally viable path too. Maybe I'll just get my thesis film ex- executed by a studio. <laughs> I don't know if that works for shorts. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So, well, this is this is so exciting. Is there is there any like I know we've talked about short films and and feature films and stuff. Are there other areas that you wanted to chat about too? Because you have. You have this whole background of running an animation school, studio stuff, you know, coming, seeing like tons and tons of students come through your school. Uh, like, I guess one question I have is like, what is your overall advice for somebody who uh, feels a passion to tell stories and, and wants to do that? And, you know, they're, they haven't really executed any short films yet or whatnot. Like, what is your advice for that? I think it's it's always a good idea to, to do it, to go for it. Um, and you don't have to do all the stuff that I did with Bloop and like start making uh, tutorials for YouTube. Like you don't have to go through that path to make short films. Yeah. So I think even if you're at a different, a completely different uh, like job, if you're a developer or whatever it is that you do and you do want to tell a story and make a film, I think technology today and the hardware and software is cheaper and very fast. You could do it yourself. A lot of people do. And I think it's a great thing to try to, to pursue like that kind of dream to make a, a short film, animated or not animated. Um, and if you are an animator working somewhere, you should still, if any, if you have the passion for it, still do it on the side. You're probably going to be better at it than than most people because you have the skills. So why not? Even if it takes two years, you know, in the evenings and weekends, uh, it's worth it. Every artist, I think it's it's worth it for them to do something that they find cool on the side all the time otherwise you kind of like slowly wilt and die and and that's the the best way to fight to fight that feeling because i'll tell you (laughs) yeah i'll tell you all uh digital artists or uh, any artist that have a job they work at in their field in their profession that they wanted to to work at after 10 years they it's hard to stay excited and it's hard to stay motivated and happy to go to work every day i i've seen it with all the my my friends from school that have been doing it for five years, uh, or people that I know that have been doing it for for longer, you got to find other stuff or other ways to keep yourself engaged with your life in general. Where you keep yourself happy and and excited about the work or your you know your yeah. life. Well, I I definitely feel that because I have a ten year career in business that uh, you know I I kind of switched career paths yeah. because of exactly what you said and other reasons too, but. And, and it's and, it and I was trying to make risky. short things on the side, and they were they were always kind of just the hobby thing and not going anywhere because I couldn't devote my mental state, I couldn't devote my, too much of my time, uh, I couldn't really dig deep to figure out what I wanted to tell because you know your hobby is is a couple hours here and there every week yeah. or so. So I can tell now that I'm doing it full time. I can tell the difference of what it's like when you have your the full time to dedicate to something versus when you're doing it on the weekends and evenings when you have a job it's it's much harder to do it that way it's possible it's just it's harder 
Yeah, cool. Is there anything else you wanted to, to share from uh, everything you've kind of done in the past uh, couple of years? Uh, I mean, I not I think people who are listening to this are probably excited about the stuff that we're talking about, I'm assuming. So I can tell them to, you know, if they, if they go to our, our blog where all the articles are or the YouTube uh, channel, Bloop Animation, we have a lot of articles kind of like going through that journey that I've been on for the past five or six years. And it's a very, it's very fun to go through that material and read and, and see like experience that, that experience with me. There's a lot of articles about the different stages of, of when I made those short films, kind of like going by order. So you can see what I did when I was storyboarding, when I was previsioning. Um, so I think just going there, you know, you don't have to buy anything. It's every, all the courses are paid, but all of our content is free. Um, so you can read all the articles, watch all the YouTube videos and, that we have a lot of motivation, motivational and inspirational stuff, and it's it's really fun for people who are into animation. Well, so I well, recommend especially because you you also kind of you can see your journey as well as you go through this. Like you didn't start where you are now, and it's I think it's super valuable, at least for myself, when I see people that I admire their early work and uh, kind of how they were open about developing things and what they learned because it is a process. Yeah, and that's why I was doing it because I I, I also like. Uh, what you're just like you know what you just said i also enjoyed that kind of content so i wanted to make it for others because i know it's it's fun to to consume totally. uh, and we have a free ebook that they can also get if and with with a bunch of uh like it's like a condensed guide to making a short film so a lot of the stuff that we talked about is going to be in that book with a little bit of extra and you can just go and download for free and that's it's pretty cool people like it yeah sweet well um I was going to ask what's next for you, but I already know you've got a big feature film coming up. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, and the course that's coming out. That's, and the uh, course. All right. Yeah, the course that's uh, coming up, too. So, well, thank you so much for, for joining me on the podcast. It's been a real pleasure to, to chat and get yeah, to know you for having me. Short film and everything. Sure. Yeah, it's, it was uh, great being here. Thank you. Sweet. And uh, if you're listening and you'd like to check out more or Bloop Animation's work, you can check out their YouTube channel or their blog, uh, the Bloop Animation website. And I'll include the links to that as well as the free ebook and um, the course that's coming up uh, for Black Friday, all in the links of the description of this podcast. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye.